Joe Biden goes to Pennsylvania and continues to unite the country. California makes an amazing announcement and Christian school does a, a Christian school does what every Christian school should be doing. This is Gene and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. You know, I was reading the New York Post this morning. And they have an article, and I think this is really important if Republicans want to win. One of the problems Donald Trump, one of the reasons Donald Trump lost the 2020 election, and yes, I know, I, I do think it was kind of rigged against him, but that's not what lost Trump the election. What lost the Trump the election was that he always focused on Trump. He never focused on Joe Biden. Joe Biden won that election, and the guy never campaigned. He was in his house the entire time because of COVID. He never left. Donald Trump, on the other hand, would go do things and be brash like he normally is and would make the focus on him. Now, for an egomaniac, that makes sense. But as a political strategy, as a campaign strategy, that's never a good thing. Now, the media... And the presidents and the Democrats, they have absolutely zero to run on. They have a crappy economy. They've got high crime. They've got a homeless problem. They've got a drug problem. They've got a border problem. They've got a terrible foreign policy. All of this stuff is negative. And the problem we have, and this is where this Mar-a-Lago, I think I did talk about this yesterday... But this is where this Mar-a-Lago thing is is going. We need to stop looking at Mar-a-Lago. It that thing will that thing will fix itself out. We don't have any information on it. It really isn't something we should be talking about at all. Until we get more information about it, we this is this is nothing. We should be concentrating on Joe Biden and what the Democrats and what they're doing and what they're planning to do. And then vote based off that, not based off Donald Trump, who is not on the ballot. He hasn't been president in almost two years. It's time to forget about Donald Trump, even though Donald Trump likes to bloviate. He likes to be brash. He's an egomaniac. That's one of the reasons why I don't want him to run in 2024. Outside the fact he's going to be like 78 years old. I don't want him. I don't, we don't need any more old men being president anymore. I think we're all pretty much done with that. But one of the things I'm hoping everyone does is they don't they forget about Mar-a-Lago and they start concentrating on what is in front of us. They start concentrating on um, the economy. You start concentrating on the foreign policy. I mean, the foreign policy is terrible. Do you realize we had to helicopter out this week? We had to helicopter out uh, U.S. diplomats from the consulate in Baghdad, just like we did in Afghanistan because of the riots that are happening in Iraq right now? I mean, it, 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 no one's talking about it. Everyone's talking about Mar-a-Lago. Well, Mar-a-Lago ain't that big of a deal. What about the Iran nuclear deal, which is set to expire in eight years so that Iran can, uh, can create a nuclear bomb? No one's talking about that. We're always talking about focusing on Mar-a-Lago. These are disastrous foreign policies. China is 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 buzzing Taiwan. 
because of our weakness. That's a disastrous foreign policy. It's been a year since Afghanistan. That's a disastrous foreign policy. We need to look at what is actually happening and not worry about things off to the side and vote based off of that. This is one of the reasons. This is the shiny bauble the Democrats are, are waving. And they think that shiny bauble is going to last for two months. We already see it's not. We already see Joe Biden's approval rating went up to 44%. And everyone's screaming, he's on a comeback, he's on a comeback, he's on a comeback. What is he on a comeback for? What, because he he forgave student loans? And we're going to get to that in a second. Which he can't legally do? Which probably won't happen? What exactly has he done? He's blown, and he's going, it's already it's already happening. He's blown inflation. I won't be shocked if inflation hits 10% by the end of the year. There is nothing this guy is doing that's that's worthy. And the focus needs to be on Joe Biden. The focus needs to be on Democrats and their lousy rule. And people need to vote based off that. Now, uh, by the way, yes, remember the 44% because he went up from 39, 38% to 44%. Well, guess what? That was short-lived. He's back down to 38%, according to Reuters. Okay, so let's get to some news. Uh, Mikhail Gorbachev, the last Soviet uh, president or leader, uh, passed away. He was 91 years old. Of course, the media... The media loves this, love the Soviet Union. They always have. And they are making Gorbachev look like he was the peace-loving, freedom-fighter... He gave Russia their freedoms. He united uh, Germany, East and West Germany. He was a great man, is what basically the media is saying. And that's just crap. He was a communist leader. He was a full communist. And one of the things he did was, he. And you do not become the premier of the Soviet Union without being a vicious son of a bitch. And he was. He was just as brutal as any of the Russian leaders there. He was as bad as... He wasn't as bad as Stalin. I don't think any of them were as bad as Stalin. But he did the same thing. There were gulags there too. He, they threw people in prison too. He was not a peaceful man. The reason he allowed the Soviet Union to crash is because the Soviet Union was going to crash and he knew it. He absolutely knew it. And he did not shore up their economy before before uh, his political, before politics, before he started opening up, he opened up after, and that just crashed the Soviet Union. He made some major mistakes. And so when everyone says, yes, and he, I mean, he received a Nobel Peace Prize, which, why? Because he was a failed premier, he received a Nobel Peace Prize? Russia was crashing. Excuse me, the Soviet Union was crashing. It was, it was not going to survive. They couldn't compete with the United States. Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher created an arms race that the Soviet Union could not afford. They could not keep up with the United States and England. And they ended up shutting down. Being overthrown, becoming Russia. I mean, Russia today is still, you could still call it the Soviet Union. Putin, Vladimir Putin, is a, is a communist. He, he said that the fall of the Soviet Union was the biggest tragedy in Russian history. 
he is still a dictator. Gorbachev was a dictator. He is the same thing. They just changed the name of the country. Okay, in other news, Joe Biden has finally, there has finally been word on how they're going to pay for that uh, that $10,000 and $20,000 student loan debt. Um, they're going to print money. That's right. They're going to use deficit spending. So they're going to print money. They, they keep talking about how the Soviet Union, ha- or the Soviet Union, how the United States has decreased the deficit. They keep talking about that. So what they're saying is, well, with that money we decrease the deficit with, we're going to use to spend. So basically what they're saying is we're going to raise the deficit. So it's going to be deficit spending, which means, and it's more money than, than we have. So they're just going to start printing money over and over. That's what's going to end up happening. So yay. All right. So Joe Biden was in Pennsylvania yesterday and <laughs> I, I, this is the best time of year because these guys are all going to go out and they're all going to talk. And I love when Joe Biden talks. So he's trying to push for uh, he's trying to push for uh, John Fetterman, and I can't remember the other guy's name. The uh, the attorney general is running for uh, governor. I can't remember what his name is, but he's pushing for those guys to win their elections. And of course, he, he, he gives sound bites left and right because he's just so freaking old and decrepit and terrible. Let's listen to a bunch of them. So Mr. Unifier here has decided that uh, he wants to take our guns away, which we already knew about. And so he's here he is talking about the Second Amendment. And of course, the Second Amendment is not absolute, which it is. That's why it's an amendment to the Constitution. Let's listen to this moron. They're not unlimited. Right now you can't go out and buy an automatic weapon. You can't go out and buy a cannon. And for those brave right-wing Americans who say it's all about keeping America, keeping America's independent and safe. If you want to fight against the country, you need an F-15. You need something a little more than a gun. No, I'm not joking. Think about this. Think about the rationale we use that's used to provide this. And who are they shooting at? Shooting at these guys behind me. There are so many things to unpack here, it's, it's not even funny. First off, first off, um, the Second Amendment is absolute. The words are direct. The words are, even the punctuation means to accentuate the meaning of the Second Amendment. It is a very straightforward you shall not infringe. Now, he also talks about you can't buy an automatic weapon. You can't buy a cannon. Well, here's the thing. You could in the past. In, 17, in 1789, you could buy a cannon. Yes, you could. And if they had automatics, you could buy automatic weapons. You could. You know why? Because the Constitution was exact and the Constitution was absolute. It's bozos like this moron that took away our rights to own a semi, uh, to own an automatic weapon, to own a cannon. It's government officials that took that stuff away, which is exactly what the Constitution says you can't do. And precedents said you couldn't do. The government was actually requested in, this, in the 1800s, can we get a cannon? 
because we need to protect our ships from pirates while we're sailing. And the, the U.S. government said, yeah, it's in the Second Amendment. You can have any weapon. The other thing is, did he just threaten the right wing of the United States by saying, well, you could have your rifles, but we've got F-15s? Did he just threaten half the country? The answer is yes, he did. And this, this is not a real good selling point for the President of the United States or anybody who is running with him or who he's supporting. This is stuff, this is exactly why Democrats need to get, be pulled out of Congress. This is exactly why Joe Biden needs to be pulled out of the presidency. Well, the good news is Joe Biden did decide to talk about illegal immigration a little bit. Well, no, he really didn't. But because he was really, when he was talking about Mexico and the border, he wasn't exactly talking about Mexico and the border crisis. He was talking about our guns. Again, why we should take away all guns. Listen to this. God, he's dumb. Keep guns out. Of, you know what? The Mexicans are, Mexico, which has real problems causing us real problems. You know what their biggest complaint is? Can't we stop gun, gun, gun trafficking across the southern border into Mexico? Yeah, he said that. All, our biggest problem over the border is you know, Americans dealing uh, guns to the Mexican cartels. Yeah, that's the biggest problem. Yeah. I mean, my Lord. No, forget about all the fentanyl that's coming in. Forget about all the illegal aliens coming in. Forget about all the human trafficking that's happening at the border. Forget about the fact that we're looking at 2 million people, illegal aliens, coming into this country and just being dumped any all over the country. Forget about the 108 thousand people that died of fentanyl poisoning from the cartels. 108,000 people died last year of fentanyl poisoning. But we got to worry about our biggest, our problem, again, it's us. It's our problem. It's, we are the problem. By selling, I don't know who's selling these guns to the Mexican cartels, but the mentality of these people is it's always America's fault. Always. It's never, it's never anybody else. It's always a problem with America. And, you know, Mexico doesn't have a problem. Mexico's big problem is us giving guns away, which I have yet to, to understand. Hey, newsflash, shut our borders down, cut out all the fentanyl, all the human trafficking, all the illegal aliens busting over, and then I will completely agree we can stop everyone from dealing guns to the Mexican drug cartels, which probably isn't happening. Okay, and then this next one. Of course, he's got to bring up January 6th because they've got to bring up January 6th. And of course, if you bring up January 6th, you have to lie about it. And, because you got to remember, what, like I said in the opening, these guys need to... Keep the eye on Trump. That shiny bobble I was talking about. So here he is talking about January 6th and, of course, lying about it. Let me close with this. A safer America requires all of us to uphold the rule of law, not the rule of any one party or any one person. Let's be clear. You hear some of my friends in the other team talking about political violence and how it's necessary. Think about this now. Did any of you think, even as old as I am, you've ever been in an election where we talk about it's appropriate to use force, political violence in America? 
It's never appropriate. I'm sorry, that one didn't talk about. That's the next clip. Uh, Don't use political violence. I mean, he's leading up to the the January 6th thing here. But don't... Political violence is never appropriate. Now, what he's referring to is Lindsey Graham made a comment about blood on the street or some crap like that. It was a rhetorical statement. He wasn't being literal. Um, So that's not really a thing that he said. But political violence, the last time I saw political violence was, what about all of 2020? There was nothing but political violence in the riots, the BLM riots. That was all political violence. What about Antifa? They're out there on a weekly basis using violence for political means. This stuff is is happening all the time. You want to talk political violence. The Democrats have to look at what they do because they're the ones that are pushing political violence. Kamala Harris was bailing out rioters that were setting fires to federal buildings, setting fires to police cars. Can't use political violence. That's how he got elected is through political violence. They support political violence. As a matter of fact, one of the reasons they want to get rid of guns is so that people cannot fight back. They cannot defend themselves. And they don't want you to be able to defend yourself. Okay, so here he goes. Now he talks about January 6th. And uh, this poor guy, I don't know how he gets words out of his pie hole because he just, he's always just does can't find the words, especially when he doesn't have a when he doesn't have a uh, monitor. So let's listen to him talk about January 6th, of course. Imagine, Joe, if you turned on the television in Washington, D.C. and saw a mob of a thousand people storming down the hallways of the parliament, breaking down the doors, trying to overturn an outcome of election and killing several police officers in the meantime. Imagine. Imagine what you'd think. First off, we don't have a parliament. We have a Congress. We have a Senate. We have a House of Representatives. We don't have a parliament. He must be thinking he's in England. Second thing about this whole statement, uh, not one police officer was killed on January 6th. Zero. Nothing. He's lying. A couple died, but they died of natural causes. They didn't die of... uh, A couple died later. They didn't die that day. There was only one person killed on January 6th. It was Ashley Babbitt. That was the, and she was a Trump supporter. And she was shot in the neck by a cop who shouldn't have been a cop. By a cop who had once lost his gun in the bathroom. Now, I have said this before. January 6th is ugly. And I even say that Ashley Babbitt, the way she was acting, I don't necessarily blame the Capitol Police for shooting her. I think... It needs to be looked at. It needs to be talked. But I did see what led up to the shooting. She was trying to crawl through, uh, crawl through, and they didn't need to do that. They maybe they didn't need to shoot her. I mean, if a cop shoots somebody else, if a white cop shoots a black man, we hear about it for years. This happened to be a black cop shooting a white woman, and no one seems to care about it. And so I'm not 100%. I don't buy that she didn't have it coming. I don't buy that because I saw the video. 
I think it was overreacting. I think it was overdone. But to sit back and say, all oh, the cops that died on January... No, no cops died on January, 20, uh, January 6th. None. A couple of cops had heart attacks. One committed suicide. We don't even know why they did that. So, just... But see, that's the bobble. That's the shiny bobble. Gotta keep... Gotta remember. And by the way, all the talk about political violence on the right... And yet, this is the only thing, January 6th is the only thing they talk about. And that happened a year and a half ago. Why is it January 6th is the only political right-wing violence they talk about? They don't, I mean, I can give you tons of examples of left-wing violence. The only one you can give is January 6th? Yeah, because there is no right-wing violence. There is no right-wing political... I'm about as right-wing as you can get. And I've never had felt the desire to go out and kill somebody. Or go out and burn something up. No matter how angry I am. Okay, well, there's that. And then, of course, there's Joe Biden being an idiot. And <laughs> being Joe Biden. Just talking talking about this. This is, this is a great quote. I can't believe he said this. It's a bizarre story. And it just shows how racist he is because, at least prejudice, I think he's a racist, but to sit back and casually bring up stories that show your prejudice is actually kind of embarrassing. And I, I'm hoping someone asks um, Karen Jean-Pierre about this later, but listen to Joe Biden talk about just out of nowhere, a story about Bo being a lifeguard or something. Listen to this. If I can inter just interject for a moment, my deceased son, Bo, he was the attorney general of the state of Delaware. And what he used to do is go down in the east side, the what called the bucket, highest crime rate in the country. There's a place where I used to, I was the only white guy that worked as a lifeguard down in that area, in the east side. And you know where the, you can always tell where the best basketball in the state is and the best basketball in the city is. It's where everybody shows up. You know, can you imagine if uh, Donald Trump had said that? That best basketball players in Delaware are in the black community. Because all black people play basketball. Can you imagine what they would do to Donald Trump if he said that? And the other thing, I mean, look at what they did to him because he would made a, a clumsy speech about Ch Charlottesville. I mean, he didn't even say what they're saying, he said. And they still, to this day, talk about it. That happened in 2017, five years ago. They are still, six years ago almost, they are still talking about it. <sighs> oh, and then, oh, of course, then you got Joe Biden being Joe Biden. He, <laughs> he mixed up the candidates. That's always comforting to have a guy, have the president of the United States come up and and basically screw up Josh Shapiro with uh, John Fetterman, um, <laughs> and he did. John Fetterman was running for Senate, not and Josh Shapiro was running for governor, but he back he reversed them. Yeah, that that's comforting, and you can even tell the crowd caught it. The crowd knew it. Listen, please, please elect the Attorney General of the Senate. 
Elect that big old boy to be governor. Always comforting to hear the president not know who the heck he's running for what. But heck, I mean, he thought he was vice president. He thought he was senator at one point. He called Kamala the president at one point. Um, he didn't know who his wife is compared to his sister. I, this guy is just an absolute, absolute disaster area. Okay, and by the way, it's showing. It's showing. Suddenly, John Fetterman, who will not debate uh, uh, Dr. Oz, he will not debate him. And that's because he can't get he can't get a word out edgewise. He's got brain damage. Everyone's positive. They're watching this guy speak, and he can't get through a sentence. So it's suddenly Doctor Oz, who was supposedly down by ten points, is now only down by a couple of points. And we're seeing again. We have two months left, and all this stuff is going to come out. All this stuff is going to show. In Warnock, in Georgia, who is also another freaking disaster. I mean, this is a man who beat his wife. He was up by 10 points on Herschel Walker, who is a terrible candidate. Now, Herschel Walker is up on him by a couple of points. Listen, we got plenty of time before the election. I am not going to panic because numbers are going down. I am not going to panic about it. Neither should you. Okay, you know, I love my state of California because the weather's beautiful and things, but everything else is a freaking disaster. And I like uh, bringing things up simply because I've got friends from other, in other states, and I'm, I think they listen to the podcast. They might not all the time, but I love talking about how much of a disaster zone California is. And it is the forefront of disaster zones. So what's happening with them? Well, California has decided to become the union head for all fast food workers. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is the California has just passed the law that we don't know if Gavin Newsom's going to sign it. Gavin Newsom wants to be president. This might be going too far for him. He may not want may not want to go this extreme. California would create appoint a 10-member board that would negotiate with the workers and the management of fast food companies. So to essentially to manage work conditions and salary rates. Basically, it's creating a union and the state of California would be the union head. Yeah, no problems with that. Right off the bat, there is a there is an amendment on that bill that says twenty two dollars an hour minimum wage for California for California fast food workers. Be prepared to spend $20 for a Big Mac. Now, this is this is a disaster. This is an absolute disaster. And that's why there is some question whether Gavin Newsom would even consider signing this thing. At $22 an hour, there goes inflation. In California especially. California is already horribly expensive. But now you're talking about booting up. Uh, booting up prices that high. I mean, you if you have to raise a... A guy who's flipping burgers by $7 an hour. I mean, that's half of what the minimum wage is now. If you have to boost everybody to $7 an hour, uh, what do you think you're going to be paying for a Big Mac? Or, I mean, you go to you go to Burger King right now, a hamburger's $12. $11, $12. Absolutely incredible. 
And then what's going to end up happening? If this thing passes, be prepared to see automation at McDonald's. Be prepared to see automation everywhere. Because they're going to fire everybody. It's just not worth it. At this point, it's cheaper to, to, to put, up, put up the cost of automation than it is to actually have people there. So good job, California. Again, it, it's really questionable whether he's going to do this. Okay, so last week, we talked about this. California has decided that it's going to eliminate the sales of all gas-powered cars in, by 2035 stupid. I said, well, it could be whatever, but it's a, it's a stupid move. I don't even know what's legal. I, I'm pretty sure it is, but stupid move. Well, California yesterday put out a notice that we are about to have a heat wave and the power grid isn't quite as strong as it should be because California has never taken care of their infrastructure. I had read somewhere the power grid is like over 100 years old. They haven't fixed it. They haven't upgraded it. And they're basically telling people that do not plug in your electric cars between the hours of 4 p.m. and 9 p.m. Anyone thrilled to get a electric car? I mean, it, we are looking at rolling blackouts this week. This week through this weekend. Rolling blackouts. But you need to get an electric car that you're not going to be able to drive because you're not going to be able to charge it. Freaking <laughs> guys. I'm telling you, you got to understand that this is politics. These people who are the politicians, who are the leaders, have no idea what they're doing. Okay, LA County has decided to try something again. Uh, universal basic income. They're going to pick randomly 1,000 residents who will receive $1,000 a month. Now, I didn't see how long they would be doing this for. Usually, it's between six months to a year is what they do when they do these tests. Supervisor who went along with this, uh, Sheila Cool, said, quote, I'm confident that we will see what other pilots have already shown. We're going to talk about what the other pilots have already shown because Obviously, she's not paying attention to the other pilots. That a guaranteed basic income, by giving people a bit of financial breathing room, allows them to stabilize their lives and that of their family. Okay, first off, this is just redistribution. That's all they want to do. In Los Angeles, they want to raise taxes on people who have money, and they want to give it to people that don't have money, because they want to make rich people poor, and they want to make poor people, uh, well, they're still going to be poor. But they want to make everybody equal. That's that's that that's that whole um, socialist thing. That's what they do. Here's a problem. Uh, this has been tried before, and it's failed every time. It's been tried in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Iowa, North Carolina, Seattle, Denver, Indiana. I believe it's also been tried in Vermont. It's been tried twice in California, and it's failed. It's failed in Stockton, and it's failed in Oakland. As a matter of fact, not only has it failed, these states and cities that implemented it, they implemented it for a, a period, a trial period. Most of the time, they never even got through the trial period because it was such a failure. So this gal who's talking about, hey, this is a great idea, all the success we've seen before, it's never been a success. It's always been a failure, and they never even got through the trial periods. So good for California. 
Uh, California has uh, passed another law because California loves abortion. They've passed another law, SB 1375, that would allow nurse practitioners to commit abortions now. So you don't even need a doctor to do it. Because that's what I want. I want a, it, they, what they're going to do, they're going to allow them to uh, use the aspiration techniques to pull the the pull babies out of the womb. So basically you can you, I'll have to I'll have to one day go over the actual abortion techniques. I downloaded a video from YouTube simply to keep it because I know YouTube is gonna delete it one day. It's really disgusting how these people do that. But the aspiration techniques basically are for um uh fetuses that are younger they're 15 20 weeks and basically they suck the baby into a tube and so that's that's what that is but the problem with california has is it's become an abortion sanctuary state right and so they don't have enough doctors for all those women they want to invite in california invite to california to take care of and handle their abortions that's the other thing California wants to allocate $20 million so women can come to California and get free abortions. Now, this isn't going to be easy for California, and they realize they really don't have the money for this. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to get to people, get this, to donate. So, in other words, they want me to donate money to... California so that they can pay for abortions for people from other states. They're not even using tax dollars on this. It's just Gavin Newsom said, Gavin Newsom, uh, spokesman for Gavin Newsom said that. As the governor has stated, California is doing its part, but we cannot do it all. Private donations and philanthropy will be critical to these efforts. We all need to step up to support women who are being denied reproductive freedoms by their state governments and are forced to come to California for abortion care. Abortion's not care, by the way. Abortion's not good for the mother. It's not good for the... Obviously, it's not good for the child. So abortion care, reproductive freedom. You do have freedom. You can get pregnant or you cannot get pregnant. I, 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 well, there is some good news from California. Okay, uh, California was mandating that churches, synagogues, churches, I would assume mosques, would have to pay for abortions. And it went to the Supreme Court because they sued. Of course they did. And shockingly, and we got to be careful when we say the word shockingly because we don't have enough electricity in California. So I don't want to blow up. I don't want to cause a blackout by saying words. But uh, for, shockingly, forcing a church to violate their religious laws is considered unconstitutional. So that's been kicked right back to California, and they're done. Okay. You know what California hasn't been addressing? Crime, homelessness, drugs, the influx of illegal I immigrants, the huge debt that we have, the high prices, high cost of living, the high taxes the low standard of living, and the fact that businesses and people are just leaving the state. Don't forget, California has lost a, house of, a seat in the House of Representatives after the 2020 census. So many people are leaving. I'm going to be one of them soon. Chad, good for you. If you're about to move out of California, good for you. 
Time to move to a free state. Now, I know I'm running a little long, but this is actually a short story. Uh, and, and this is an important story. I like this story, and I think we need to see more of this in this. I, I think we need to see more of this in the country. More of a pushback from Christian and private schools. that And, and send, an, send an important message to the parents and their students. And make it that they understand there, there is... There is a reason you're in the school, and there is a reason you're in a Christian school, and you are going to follow Christian principles. See, a lot of Christian and Catholic schools, they're actually going along with a lot of this crap that, that's being pushed by the public school system, the LGBTQ and all that stuff. They're going with that. And the reason they're going with that is diversity. Of course, it's always diversity. Unfortunately, they're violating their own principles by going with that. So, um, this school called Grace Christian School, it's in Florida, sent out an email last week. And this is what it said. Quote, we believe that God created mankind in his image, male, man, and female, woman, sexually different, but with equal dignity. Therefore, one's biological sex must be affirmed and no attempts should be made to physically change, alter, or disagree with one's biological gender, including, but not limited to, elective sex reassignment, transvestite, transgender, or non-binary gender fluid acts of conduct. And then says Genesis 1, 26 through 28. Students in school will be referred to to by the gender on their birth certificate and be referenced in the name in the same uh, of the in the name in the same fashion the email c- concluded students who are found participating in the life's the lgbtq plus minus divided by sign lifestyles will be asked to leave the school immediately now, here's the kicker. Before you get wild and crazy about this on LGBTQ, this school, this school actually discourages sex of any kind. If they find out their students are having sex, the male and female students are having sex, they will kick you out of school too. It is just a standard baseline morality that the students have to abide by. Um, one of the uh, uh, Barry McKean, the Christian school administrator, he was interviewed by Fox and he said this, we don't expect any of our students who are not married to be sexual, whether it's bisexual, heterosexual or homosexual. I tell you, I tell people, if a kid came in the doors exclaiming how he was having sex with his girlfriend, that student would be expelled as well. This is excellent. This is excellent. We need all our private schools to do this. There has to be, especially Christian schools, cynic. I know, I know, Jewish schools do this. Catholic schools, I, I'm a lot of Catholic schools do this, though they're kind of pushing away from it. I know uh, Islam, Islamic schools do this. There is a base level of morality that needs to be adhered to. And we have become the Sodom of Gomorrah of the 21st century. We're just 21st century Sodom and Gomorrah right now where everyone is, music is all about sex and 
having sex and the F word is being thrown around. We need to get back to, to baseline morality. And for that, I got to tell you something. Grace Christian School, you have my props. And I hope other schools follow along with this school, especially in places where hedonism seems to be it seems to be the norm, like New York and Los Angeles. So good for grace. All right. Um, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I haven't released a video in a while. I'll probably start working on one today. I hope you have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>